So we did, I have to say, we did 48 episodes last year. 2022. Amazing. Yeah. Through all trials and tribulations, to be able to do that for 48 times is really something. 48 episodes. It's a a commitment. It's a commitment. It is. Yeah. And we're waiting for it to pay off. (laughs) (laughs) This is our year. This is it. This is the year. Yes. I am putting that out into the universe. Queen, Queen Latifah possibilities book style. I'm going to, I'm going to do the vision board. I'll do the whole thing. I light, I lit a candle on the winter solstice. I'm you did? Do it all. I sure fucking did. What does that even mean? Lighting a candle on the winter solstice. I don't really know, but it's supposed to do something good for you. This is that's outrageous. And I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne, and you really do have to hold on to your hats. It's so windy outside. The Arctic blast, it's come, it has come and gotten us all. Yeah, it's crazy out there. I know. I'm not kidding. I, even though it's brightly sunny out my window, I'm afraid to go out there. I feel like it's icy. I feel like it's cold. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to fall down. No, stay indoors. I'm staying indoors and doing this podcast with you, Anne. There's nothing better. All right. And um, I have a lot of good stories this week. And we were trying to think of movies about transformation. And what we came up with, though, I have to give credit to my daughter, is Clueless from 1995. Yeah, I was like, transformation. I don't fucking know. And then I was like, but I love Clueless. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, sure. All right, Georgia. Yeah, I love I love Clueless. I'll happily talk about that. Who doesn't? Yeah, and I just rewatched it. Interesting, interesting to see again. I watched it again too, even though I've seen it a thousand million times. But I, I was like, you know what? It's for it's for the show. Look at twenty twenty three. We're we're projecting a plus effort. That's right. (laughs) Sure am. All right, so a lot of good stuff to get to. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. Well, we're starting the new year with not one, but two different stories that took place at Walmart. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first one, there was, I guess they have these things. This was uh, in Florida. Uh, a wa- in Florida and a Walmart? Oh, yeah. for two for two. I know. And the second story is a Texas Walmart. Oh, brother. Even worse. <laughs> So, so a, a um, Walmart in Florida was having an event called Shop with a Cop. All right. Well, they do this event. I guess it's a yearly event. There were 40 police deputies inside and they were doing an annual event where they shop with the children of the community. Why would you want to do that? Who, who wants to go shop with a cop? Well, I think they buy them gifts. It's like, you know, it's oh, like Toys for giving- Tots or something like that. All right. I'm suspicious of this already, but anyway, there's a reason they're doing it. It's not just to be nice, but anyway, (laughs) listen, they have to, they have to, uh, it's always important to have good community relations. I guess it's important, but I don't think anybody does it, but anyway, go ahead. Okay. All that aside. Yeah. During this shop (laughs) with a cop event, I'm already furious and I don't even know about, I know there was a man who's only been identified as Brad. (laughs) Fucking Brad. (laughs) Brad's are always up to no good. Yeah. Who decided to try 
to steal something from the store. Brad's like, I'm going to steal some shit in front of 40 (laughs) cops. And they're not just you watch. He got a bottle of perfume, gloves, hedge clippers, a syringe. He could have bought that there. I don't think they sell syringes. That, yeah, that he was shockingly caught stealing (laughs) from the store. Maybe he was trying to get his shopping done early. Hedge clippers for dad, perfume for mom. The police officers were incredulous. They're like, you can't make this up. There's 40 of us in this store. And this is when you decide that you're going to try to steal something. I bet he almost got away with it. He didn't. It wasn't even close. Oh, Brad. No, he was arrested. (laughs) How old is Brad? Is this a kid? Like a teen? No, no. There's a photo of him. It doesn't say how old he is. He's certainly not a teen. He looks like he's in his 30s or 40s. <laughs> he's not a young man. Oh, I thought it was one of the kids that was going around with the toys for dots. And he was trying oh, no, to steal. No, no, no. This no, is a no. full man? This is a full man who decided to come in and steal. Brad, yeah. get your life together. What's most insane about this story is that I feel like probably there was a Walmart on every corner down there so if you're going in with the intention to steal and you see that it is a toys for tot shop with a cop event like go to the one across the street where no cops will be right and do your stealing and he would have gotten all his items that's if you're smart then you say oh all the cops in this town are at this walmart let me go to the other one i'm sure all of the other walmarts were full robbed those that that day right or go to target go anywhere else I think Brad was asking to be for trouble. I think he was at one. I think he, I think he subconsciously wanted to be arrested. Maybe. Well, he got his wish. He got his Christmas wish. (laughs) Over hedge clippers, no less. Hedge clippers and some perfume. All right. And now we're going to go to a Walmart in Texas. I can't wait. Yeah. This one, I don't really get this story, really how this worked, but an owner left their dog in the car while they went into walmart to shop was it hot outside i I don't think it was hot outside no however the dog got antsy as this is what they're surmising that the dog (laughs) got antsy right and somehow this is what i don't understand like did they leave the car on because he somehow got the it was a truck sorry he got the truck into drive and he crashed it into two cars. Oh my God. They think that his leash, um, he because when, when he was jumping around, released the emergency brake and that his he was able with his paw to put the car, the truck into drive. Do people put on their emergency brake? I don't. I put it on only if I'm on a hill. Yeah. If you're on like a hill parking, sure. But yeah. like in a parking lot, like I wouldn't put on my emergency brake. No, I wouldn't either. But there were people in the parking lot, obviously, who witnessed the crash and were shocked to see that it was a dog. There are way worse things that go down in Walmart parking lots in Texas. This is probably one of the, the happier stories. Well, and thankfully, no one was hurt, including the dog. The dog was fine as well. Oh, good. Yeah. Imagine you come back out of Walmart and your truck's been crashed into two cars. The dog's like, I told you not to go in there. The dog does have a very, like, I'm guilty, but please think I'm cute so you don't get mad at me. Look. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's whose fault. I mean, I guess that person's insurance would have to pay, right? I mean. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
I don't know how you actually explain to an insurance adjuster that your dog goes. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, if you just put the car into park, but it's not on, I mean, I guess it can just start coasting. I think the car must've been on. I have no idea how, if you put it in private went. Like if your car stalls or something, you know, people, it's always like you put it in neutral and people push it, you know? Yeah. But this was like a flat parking lot. I don't know how it had the velocity to ram into two cars. Oh, no. Well, anyway, the, and the dog will never tell. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, Anne. And one more story. I actually have two more stories, but I'm trying. Maybe I'll save one. This is a sweet story. So there are two people. One is a man in the UK and one is a woman in the US. And they have been pen pals since 1938. Wow. They both each turned 100. That is wild that they're both still alive and still cognitively aware enough of each other and still are pen pals. So that is an extraordinary thing. Yes, they became pen pals in 1938 through some kind of program between the U.S. and the U.K. I don't know why they wanted to pair people up and get make them pen pals, but they started to write to one another they kept it going all these years. They said, to your point about their age, now they do uh, video calls with the help of their children. Like their oh, children help I set up the- I love that. That's so sweet. We met in 2002 when he came to New York, which was 64 years after they started their correspondence. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. They have like, they have- pictures of the letters they've been sent to each other. Uh, he said, she's a very interesting person. We exchange stories and she's very good to talk to. And then of course people say, was there any romantic interest between the two of you? Yeah. And she says, no, we're just friends. Like people who live next door, you ask how they're doing, say a few words, and then you both go to work. So she's really downplaying this relationship. She's like, I hardly... She's like, I hardly know him, honestly. Like, it's, I'm like, hey, what's up? Still alive? I'm still alive. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Bye. I know she's very blase about a, a, a pen pal relationship that's been going on. What is that? 80 something years? Yeah. She's, I mean, that is, that's an interesting reaction that she's had. Yeah. 84 years. They she's like, for 84 years. she's like, I don't know why anybody cares about this. I barely <laughs> know this guy. <laughs> he wanted to meet up and I was like, I guess like fine. I suppose I could swing by in between my errands to say hello. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, it's remarkable that they're both 100 years old. They were randomly paired up in 1938. And I mean, how many 100-year-olds are there? I think that's like very slim odds. Yeah. And they've, I mean, they've written hundreds of letters, I'm sure. Yeah, she doesn't care. She couldn't care less. What He probably writes these long, beautiful letters and she writes back like, okay, sounds, that's, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm good. Well, anyway, still a sweet, sweet story. Is it? It is sweet. I mean, it's, it's interesting that they're still pen pals and they're both still alive, but I feel like this relationship, it might be one-sided. Oh, that, that might be. Which tends to happen. There, there are pictures of them. They look, his name is Jeff Banks and her name is Celesta 
Celesta Byrne. Is Jeff smiling real big and Celesta's like smirking? He looks, (laughs) it's funny. He looks very sort of like, he's like holding the letters and reading them. He looks very interested. She, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to describe the facial expressions of two (laughs) people who are a hundred. They're both kind of like. (laughs) They're both conscious. Both conscious. Yes. Her eyes are open. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, very nice. All right. Now, speaking of sweet stories, we'll segue to our movie this week, Clueless from 1995. Yeah. I remember. I mean, I saw it in the movies for sure. Yeah, I did too. And first of all, I would like to give big, big uh, props, I guess, to the writer-director Amy Heckerling, who has quite the impressive resume of films. She sure does. Amy Heckerling, I don't think it's nearly enough credit. She did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Look Who's Talking, which is your favorite. I can love Look Who's Talking. And Look Who's Talking too. National Lampoon's European Vacation, Johnny Dangerously. She has directed episodes of several, several, several series. Too many to to list. But, you know, she's done like Gossip Girl. And then, of course, spinoffs of her movies. There were TV shows made um, based on Clueless and also Look Who's Talking. And Fast Times. There were three series written. Yeah, but even if, I mean, I know some people don't care about Look Who's Talking. I personally love it. But even if she had only done Fast Times and Clueless, like that alone, those are two classic movies. Like, that's it. Like, that could have been her resume. And I'd be like, yep, that's all you need. Yeah. She also had a baby. Her only child is with Harold Ramis, who she was married to someone else at the time. So there's a little scum. Oh, yeah. I'm friends with her on uh, Twitter. Who? Her, her daughter. Oh. Her name's Molly. She's funny. Molly Heckerling. Yeah. So I was like, wow, Amy Heckerling. Look at her. She's made some really quality movies. That She one. has. Like, really, honestly, and truly. Like, my hat is tipped to you. Yes. So, of course, Clueless is the movie. Probably almost everyone has seen it. But it's starring Alicia Silverstone as Cher. And Stacey Dash as Dion. And this was the movie debut, though it was the second movie he made, but the first one that came out, for Paul Rudd. Oh, really? This was his movie debut? He had made a Halloween movie. I can't a Halloween six. Oh, yeah. Or he's in Halloween. I think it might be six. Yeah. Six. The one where Michael Myers is like he plays the grown up, what's his name? You know, like the the I don't know why I my brain can't remember, but the kid in the original, Tommy. Oh, he's he plays Tommy. You know, like in the original, the two kids, Kyle Richards and the other one. Yes. Yeah. So he's supposed to be Tommy grown up in that. Oh, okay. Well, he filmed that movie first and this movie second, but this movie came out first. And this was obviously a much bigger hit. Yeah. So this was his first time on a movie screen. Let's just say. How old was he when he made this movie? Oh, he was 27. Okay. And Alicia Silverstone was 18. She was born in 76. Yeah. This was so she was 19. Yeah. Uh yeah. So Alicia Silverstone was 19. It also starred uh Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Oh, I still get sad when I see her. Yeah, I was just reading about I didn't I didn't recall. I mean, I knew that she died young and she was somewhat mysterious. She died of pneumonia and anemia, which seems sort of strange for someone yeah. that young. And then the husband died the same way, like two months later. I watched a whole documentary on it. 
Yeah. And I didn't realize her father was a crime boss. Yeah. And that there was some question. Tortured life. Yeah. She was like involved in some kind of homeland security witness. I I, I don't know. How the heck she got involved in all that? I have no idea. Oh, Brittany. Yeah. And Donald Faison. And who else is in this? Um, Jeremy Sisto. Dan Hedaya as her dad. Yep. Brecken Meyer is named Travis. Wallace Shawn is in the movie. Yep. Julie Brown. And also this the her love interest is this man named Justin Walker, who really was never in anything again. I was looking yeah. at him. Christian, yeah. What is Christian? We're yeah. He really didn't do much. I was just looking. Not not a lot is going on with that him. That is true. Like what did he do? Kind of nothing. Nothing. Um, so this this movie is loosely based on the Jane Austen novel Emma. Yeah, follows sort of the same plot line. Yes, Cher is the is Emma. She is uh, a a child of privilege in California, in Los Angeles. She lives with her father. Her mother has passed away. He's a litigator, and she has a very you know she's popular. She has her a closet full of clothes and accessories you know basically she has everything she could ever want in life yeah they are all rich beverly hills kids i was amazed i you know i was very into her wardrobe because i was been looking for clothes for my daughter even though this was 30 years ago a lot of plaid they're all constantly wearing plaid well they were shopping in contempo casuals at one point which was my store of choice when i was that (laughs) age and i went oh contempo casuals well, I did read that the costume designer, it seemed like, you know, they spent a lot of money on clothes. Her Alicia Silverstone's wardrobe was $200,000, which they actually were saying was not a lot of money. Yeah, that seems like not a huge budget for costuming. Yeah, because she had 63 outfits in this movie. Yeah, and they're all good. And by the way, they're all in style back now. The 90s is back, baby. It's very cute. Well, they said the only outfit that costs a lot of money was the one that she's wearing right in the beginning, the yellow plaid jacket and skirt. That was a Jean-Paul Gaultier. Oh, it was a Gaultier? Hmm. Yes. But everything else was they, you know, they basically bought at a mall because yeah. they wanted them to look true to true to high school kids. Yeah. Although she does do like full shopping on Rodeo Drive and stuff. Like she's like, yeah, she's like I'm in an Alaya. She was like in the Armani and whatever. But yeah, yeah. she's a real clothes horse as they say or is that still an expression clothes horse well i still use it but i don't know what that means to you <laughs> uh her best friend dion has very you know they have similar they both have wonderful clothes she's dating donald Faison. his name is murray they also make a lot of comments about like the boys clothes they're like why do they dress like basically they just rolled out of bed they wear like baggy kind of skater kid outfits yeah Brecken Meyer is one of the stoners and he's also part of the sort of skateboard group. Yeah. He becomes the love interest for the new girl in the school, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy. Yeah. I mean, they set up, you know, the hierarchy hierarchy of high school, which is like, there's the popular kids, there's the stoner kids, there's the, you know, like we all had. And, you know, I don't know. I was like, it seemed very odd to me that Cher and Dion would become such like, would take Ty under their wings. I didn't really under, like she immediately gets to school and they're like, oh, we're going to help this girl. I was like, I don't really know why they've chosen this girl. Because Cher is a do-gooder. She likes to help other people. 
and like you know the whole thing with they do a romance for the two teachers and yes but i will say they do so her whole thing well that's predicated on the fact that she got a bad grade and so she decides that if she sets up these two teachers they will improve her grade because they'll be in such a good mood that they're in love that when she negotiates with them for a better grade, they won't put up much of a fight, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. But I mean, so she does some of it for herself, but I mean, she seems delighted that they're finding love. She is delighted that they're finding love, but I do think a lot of it is self-serving. Well, couldn't you say that all altruism is self-serving in some way because people do it to feel good about themselves as well. Like I'm happy when I do something for somebody that makes them happy. Yeah, but that's, but you're not getting anything out of it. You're getting the satisfaction of, um, you know, ma- making people happy. But I mean, nothing to your bet. Like, yes, it's better for your, I guess, for your mental state or whatever, but you're not, she's doing it to gain something. I think she is altruistic, but she's also doing it to help herself. Yeah, I guess. I just like Cher and I can relate to her, not with the good clothes or money or <laughs> any of the, um, <laughs> the good parts but you know and very good hair she has wonderful hair. beautiful hair beautiful hair i i also did not like i mean high school boys didn't not like me in high school mm. although they like her they just didn't like me they do like her elton likes her yeah yeah so they take ty under their wings and they give her a quote-unquote makeover you know she has this terrible kind of dyed hair they wash that out and they start working on her wardrobe so this is the other thing I mean, she is altruistic, but only to a certain extent because Ty likes Travis and Cher is very opposed to that because she's like, he's like with the stoner group and you can go to parties and hang out with them, but you cannot hang out with them at school. Right. Like that That is a no-no if you want to be popular. Yeah. She wants to make Ty popular and so pair her off with another popular boy. Which I would not say is very nice of her because poor Travis was a nice guy. Well, she's trying to you know, navigate the world of this high school for Ty and put her on the path that she thinks she will be successful at. Now, I'm surprised. I didn't remember this because I, I haven't seen this a thousand times, but I was like, oh, I really thought that Cher was much more like, not that she's not, but I thought she was much more goody goody. But then she goes to this party, she's smoking pot. Like she's not completely miss innocent which she sort of projects to her father that she is she pretty much is she's a good kid she is a good kid but she's she's a little bit more (laughs) you're like she smoked a one hit of a joint she did Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) she's naughty well and then she has all these you know she has all these tips for ty as to how to to seduce Elton from across the room, you know, don't go over to him, just dance and like kind of look at him and all this ridiculous stuff. That's all good advice. Well, it was, it was working for her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't really work for Ty, but uh, it was working for her. In the meantime, she has a stepbrother, Paul Rudd, who is living with them temporarily because he's in college and he didn't want to go home to his mother because his mother annoys him. And Dan Hedaya is his former stepfather. He, his parents were, his mother and Dan have been divorced for five years. <laughs> his mother and Dan. His mother and Dan. <laughs> yeah. Which his name is Horowitz. What was his first name? Mel. Mel. His mother and Mel. So he's gone there because he wants to be an environmental lawyer 
Mel is a litigator or something totally different. And of course, he's saying to, to Paul Rudd, if you ever want to make any money, you should do this instead of becoming an environmental lawyer. Needless to say, so he's been hanging out at the house. Cher and him have this sort of antagonistic slash flirty relationship. They're like oil and water. Well, no, I mean, she finds him real annoying for most of the movie. She does, but she finds him annoying in like a playful way. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not actually annoyed with him because she hangs out with him all the time. Yeah. And he helps her out. Like he picks her up from the party that we're, you know, he he's. Yeah. I mean, this is the controversial part of the movie because even sure to is. this day, everyone's like, hmm, but it does follow Emma. So she, yeah, Cher is not, well, let me say this. Cher is not even 16. By the end, I guess she's 16. Yeah. I will say what's happening here is not legal because no. when the movie, so yeah, spoiler alert. Haha. Ha. But look, if you haven't seen Clueless, get it together. Then you're clueless. So we're not, you shouldn't be spoiling anything for anyone. No. But the end of the movie she realizes she's in love with Josh and he's in love with her and they get together. And what I find strange, is he supposed to be a freshman in college? What year is he supposed to be in college? Do we know? They don't say, but I, don't... I gave the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was a freshman, but then when they're inexplicably at the wedding of the teachers, which I'm like, I said to my mom, cause she's here. I was like, what was this? My high school? Why are the students hanging, going to the teacher's <laughs> wedding? He had a glass of champagne in front of him. And I said, so he's supposed to be 21 and she just turned 16. That's illegal as the father, of the litigator should know. Yes. I thought it was a little bit. Yeah. That was the other thing that didn't occur to me, I guess, when I watched it in 1995, I didn't think one thing of that. But yeah, she, it, well, there's a very funny line. I thought this was funny near, at, near the beginning when she meets Ty and she says to Ty, how old are you? And she said, I'm turning 16 in um, May. And Cher says, I'm turning 16 in April. So as an older woman, I'd like to give you some advice, which I thought right. was very funny. But anyway, so yeah. So by the end of the movie, she's 16. I did not think he was a freshman in college. I actually thought he might be in law school because he's sitting there. <laughs> he's, he's getting ready to go to school. And what's even crazier is that the father, Mel, is like totally on board. Like he's kind of like sees that Josh seems interested in Cher and is like kind of smiling about it, which I'm like, I mean, I guess because Josh is a good guy. I mean, he's a nice guy but it, that is a yeah I sort of took it that the father was I mean the father was clearly very distracted by his work he was very consumed in his work he can't pay attention to what he's eating she's trying to help so I just thought well maybe he's just not no because there's the scene where Josh where he where she goes out with Christian oh so yes. in the so you know she has a crush on this guy new guy in school Christian who's the only like stylish kid in school it turns out he's gay they become friends anyway but before that we she realizes that right he shows up to take her out and wears is wearing this like little dress which by today's standard was not sexy at all it's like a puritan yeah and <laughs> yeah i was like that's not even that short and paul rudd's like maybe i should go maybe i should go to the party and then Dan Hadaya kind of was like, okay, yeah, yeah, you go. And kind of like winked at him. But my here's my thing. It's one thing. Yeah, Cher's fucking hot. I get it. Why does he want to hang out with high school kids? And then when he says to her, this this has always bothered me, even in 1995, when they get together and he says to her, you're, you're so popular. 
And I'm like, why would a man in college care that she's popular? Yeah. Like what, why is that even a consideration? Yeah. Let me say, I thought when he was going to the high school parties, I was like, what a loser. Let me say something. When you're in high school and you see someone from college going to the party, you're not like, look at that cool guy. You're like, what kind of loser is coming to a high school party now? That's like, what is the matter with you? Right. That's yes. That's I have to say, I think that's a big, I think it's an adorable movie, but I just cannot get behind the as you're saying full man i think he was in law school i'm not kidding i think <laughs> no was, i don't think I, I don't think he was in law school i think he was still a undergrad but he definitely well, was not a freshman when i saw the champagne in front of him no he also was wearing a kansas university hat so it wasn't like he was like local you know what i mean like i was like oh maybe he's just like going like he goes to ucla or something and he's just hanging out at that house for a while no yeah, where, he, where did he go to school didn't he say something about NYU at one point? I was unclear as to where he attended college. I don't, he was wearing a Kansas university hat, a baseball hat when he went well, out. It could on be his, anything. It could be. He also, that was the other thing. He also inexplicably had a girlfriend who lived in town. I was like, what is happening? Like, I don't think that was a girlfriend. I just think it was a girl he was dating. Okay. But all right. A girl he's dating, but that would even mean that he isn't home on like a short break. It's like, how does he even. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe he did go to, maybe he did go to like UCLA or USC or something. Well, that would make more sense. Well, it doesn't matter, but. And he lived on campus and then he decided right, then to be there on break. Out. Yeah. That was the only thing that would, but anyway, it, it also, <laughs> right. And if you're in college, if you're at, if he's not on a break, it's even worse that he's going to a high school party. Not, he went to two high school parties, I think. Yeah. He? Yeah. He, he spent a lot of time with high school students. And then also <laughs> at one point, Ty you know, with the famous line of you're a virgin who can't drive. Ty wants to get with Josh. And she's like, you yeah. have to help hook me up with him. And I'm yeah. like, what is happening? Right. I mean, he's delightful. I look, who doesn't love Paul Rudd? He's a full delight, but yeah. I'm not saying I fault Ty for wanting to get with Josh. Fine. You're a dumb high school kid. Who's into a college guy. The college guy should be <laughs> like, no, I'm going to go hang out with women my own age. Or at least not go to the high school parties. <laughs> or at least women in college. Because I'm a senior, I could hang out with a freshman in college, fine. And the fact, like you're saying, that they go to this wedding of these teachers and they're like fully a couple there that everyone is like... On board with. And they're like, catch the bouquet. I'm like, yeah. she's just turned 16. Right. And Paul Rudd is sitting at the table, like as it, you know, part of the boyfriend group with <laughs> Breckenmeyer and Donald Faison, who are not even seniors in high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I always even to this day their kiss at the end of the movie Alicia Silverstone full tongue I'm like good for you she got right on in there that part I just couldn't get into which was the the main thing that you're supposed to be rooting for it was sort of a cr- it was cringy it was very cringy yeah I mean I guess theoretically I mean look she's following the plot of the of the book <laughs> you know could they have made her a senior maybe you know where yes. she was not just turning 16 maybe she was just turning 18, 18? just yes. for legal reasons perhaps great but i think that would have made it that wouldn't have worked because then it would have been about where she going to school and where she because you know a, a theme in the movie is kind of like well what do you want to do and where where's your you know, where do your passions lie and what are you doing for the world? So 
if she had to already have been in that mindset, because it wouldn't have worked as well, maybe. I guess. But then just make Josh younger. Someone had to be either older right. or younger. Couldn't, that's why I thought maybe he's just supposed to be like a freshman or sophomore in college. I don't know. Plus, the other thing is, that's why they said they had been divorced for five years, because I think they wanted to have enough time that it wouldn't be so strange that they were living in the same house as brother and sister. Like, okay, five years have passed. He hasn't been like a constant presence in this house. He comes and goes, whatever. Right. Well, I mean, they make a point too where she's like, oh my God, he's not my brother. Like they've said that a couple of times. Yes. Right. So, okay. I bought that. I'm like, all right, they've been divorced for five years that you're giving it a buffer. Yeah. And the dad's like, you divorce, you divorce wives, not children. Right. Fine. I bought all of that. Yeah. I just did not buy. It's, cr- it's very cringy. The whole thing is very cringy that they're in love <laughs> yeah the other thing i'll say is this movie very much reminded me of legally blonde in a way hmm. like an under you know ditzy putting in quotes girl that's underestimated exactly you can look good and still be smart yeah exactly although they didn't really it's funny i thought that was the other thing when i was thinking about that movie i thought that they when I saw it the first time that they made Alicia Silverstone a lot smarter than she was. She's not really, I mean, no. all she is is good at getting her grades raised, but she's not that intelligent. No, which is what's funny too. Cause it's like with the romance, I mean, let's face it. He, she looked, she's super hot. And uh, yeah. that's the main thing. <laughs> Josh kind of looks at her when she makes her comments and, you know, they're watching CNN and he's super into like, you know, Greenpeace and all that kind of shit. And, she'll make these kind of offhanded comments, you know, not knowing at all what she's talking about. And he kind of looks at her like, oh, this crazy kid. Right. So yeah, I don't think he's attracted to her intelligence. No, I don't think he is either. All right. Well, and I will say it's very interesting when they tell you like who was considered for the part, for the part of Cher, Reese Witherspoon was a contender for that role. I think Alicia Silverstone is so good in this movie. And I wish that she... I feel like she's gotten a kind of a raw deal in terms of getting parts because around that time, she had a lot of kind of jail baby type movies out. She had, there's, there was one where she was like the crazy babysitter that was obsessed with Carrie Elway's. What was that one called? Oh the, yeah. The yeah. No, the crush. And then there was another one where she was a babysitter and like, it's a lot of older men creeping on her. Like that was a lot of what her early movies were. And yeah. You know, even like the Aerosmith videos, which she kind of was initially famous for, which everybody loved and they're awesome. But a lot of it, it was about her being this young, hot thing. And then remember, she was in that Batman movie. Yep. And she played Batgirl and she got fat shamed. People, people were like, you're not hot anymore. You're fat. She was treated horribly. Meanwhile, she wasn't fat. It was a fucking dumb suit she was in, but she was kind of. In that moment, it was like your currency in Hollywood is now gone because mm. you're not checking that box of hot jailbait girl anymore, which is her for the course. In this say, tale as old as time. Tale as old as time, exactly. And she's, you know, rebounded a bit. I mean, she, I remember she had a movie out with like Benicio del Toro that she produced and stuff. Like, I think she tried to make a real go of it, but it was just, yeah, she was really kind of pigeonholed in that specific type of part that. When she literally got past, you know, mid twenties, people weren't interested. Yeah, I yeah, this is definitely I would say her best film of anything that she made. Oh, for sure, because it's a great movie. Yeah, it is, and and she's good in it. She's very good. She's great. Super charming. 
I can't imagine yeah. anybody else in that park. Well, I was saying, yes, uh, Reese Witherspoon was considered Alicia Witt, who we just saw last week in uh, last holiday. Carrie Russell, Tiffany Thiessen, Angelina Jolie, and Gwyneth Paltrow. I love all of those people. And I love all of them as actresses, but I don't know. Nope. Alicia Silverstone. That's it. Ben Affleck and Zach Braff both auditioned for the Paul Rudd character. Um, and probably in real life too, because they both had girlfriends. I'm sure that were 12. They're like, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing some more, some research. <laughs> uh, Seth Green auditioned for the role of Travis, which was the Breckenmeyer role. Oh yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Terrence Howard auditioned for the Christian role. I'm sorry, not the Christian role, the Donald Faison role. Okay. Mm, Murray. No, no, no. I don't, Terrence Howard. No. As did Dave Chappelle, which is very interesting. Oh, he would have been funny. Yeah. And Jamie Walters auditioned for Christian, which makes sense because he looks just like that in uh, real life. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's like a firefighter now, Jamie Walters. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he left the business. Yeah. I had a friend that went out with him. Oh. You'll like this one, Anne. Sarah Michelle Geller was offered the role of Amber, but had to turn it down because all my children wouldn't let her have the time off. <gasps> Well, she would have been good because she, no, she plays a real good little bitchy character. Yeah. And Jerry Orbach was offered the role of Mel Horowitz, but also couldn't get time off from his show Law and Order. No, I like Dan Hedaya's part in it. Yeah, he was good. And Harvey Keitel was also considered for that role, but he cost too much money. Keitel would have been good. Yeah. I think you kind of need that kind of like tougher type guy. I don't know. I think all those people, it's funny. It's like, oh yeah, they all kind of like, could be switched in or out what about for dion yeah dion i didn't see any other that's funny maybe they just maybe it was just stacy dash who had isn't stacy dash become like some kind of crazy trumper or something yeah talk about transformation movie yeah she's now <laughs> like a full maniac it's very upsetting <laughs> yeah, like she's like a full right wing conspiracy theory type lady yeah it's really um I think she may have some other issues going on because I remember seeing not too long ago, she, she went on like social media, sobbing, crying. And she was like, I just heard that, that DMX died, but it was like a, almost a year after he actually was <laughs> dead. Like DMX has been dead for a while and it was very sad, but she, she was like, I just heard. And it was a very, very long time. And people are like, what is like, there's something going on there yeah maybe maybe i don't know yes so of course oh wait here's another one sorry who might have been interesting jeremy renner auditioned for christian and for josh i could have seen him maybe in the christian role i don't know about yeah. josh i think part of the brilliant casting of paul rudd is that he is such a likable guy that yeah having somebody else in that role really could have ruined the whole vibe of the movie because it would feel like a real creeper like he as creepy as it is he doesn't come across as creepy and he doesn't come across really like a lech, like a lech you know he yeah. comes across genuine and sweet and really like he does care about her a lot and i think yeah. that casting had to be perfect because otherwise you really could be like ew yeah and leah remini auditioned for ty oh she would have been good yeah i love leah remini and there is one lauren hill was considered for dion ah that could have been interesting too 
Yeah, Mike, I bet they couldn't have afforded her. Wasn't she real popular? Weren't her band really popular in 95? I feel like that was like the height of her. I don't, I think not. I think it was, they were just kind of starting out. Because she was, she did some acting. She was in um, Sister Act 2, I think, Lauren Hill. Um, And Owen Wilson auditioned for the part of Travis, the Breckenmeyer part. Really? I feel like he would have been, well, I love Owen Wilson, but I feel like he would have looked even older. Yeah, although... Owen Wilson and Paul Rudd have to be around the same age, I would think. Yeah, but Owen Wilson looks much older than Paul Rudd. Well, and he is supposed to be playing someone in high school. 60. Yeah. He was born in 68, so in 94, he would have been like 26. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have worked, but I don't know. Yeah, but he has that same stoner vibe. That's what they were going for, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then the other, you know, there's the one scene in Clueless, because I had the same thing happen to me you know the scene where um Dion is driving and then she accidentally gets on the highway oh yeah yeah I've had that literally exact same thing happen to me I think I played that scene out in probably 1993 two years prior maybe Amy Heckerling saw me on the street because (laughs) I was with Stevie and we were going to the Christiana mall and the way to get to the mall is there's a ramp that looks like a ramp almost like to get onto 95. So I accidentally got onto 95 thinking I was getting onto the mall ramp. Yeah. It was that scene (laughs) screaming. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Fucking trucks going by screaming, screaming. And like, just get off of the next exit. exit." (laughs) Shot for shot. And I'm always like, God damn, what was that exit? Those are scary times. That's scary. And I think probably a lot of kids relate to that. You accidentally getting on the highway. Well, and that, I mean, that, of course, I think was exaggerated because every car is honking at her. I mean, like every single one. I'm like, all right. I don't know that that would happen. Also, I think in California, the license age is 17. I don't think it's 16. Well, and they were driving. They were 15. They were yeah. Just- I mean, I got my license at 16 in Delaware. I got my license. So that was me at 15 going, oh. But I feel like in most states, it's 17. Despite that, I will still give this a full Muldoon. Oh, this is a Muldoon all the way. I thought the, I'm telling you, I, I was totally into the costumes. Uh, the costumes were great. She's so delightful. I mean, she's delightful and so great. The script is so great. The directing's great. It's a great movie. And it's yes. it's really stood the test of time. Because sometimes movies that are so specific to the to that moment in time and in that, decade because it's such a it's a very 90s movie and of course i have an affinity because that i was like i said i'm like the exact same age as alicia silverstone so it's like i have an affinity for that time but it's i think everybody loves it and the fact that even still now it's just as fun just as good really is a testament to amy heckerling i'm gonna call it cute yet cringy (laughs) i mean it does look Look, you yeah. know. See, you can't even. You know. Once I am. again, I'm saying though, Paul Rudd was the perfect casting because it really could have taken a turn. Cute. I like Paul Rudd. Listen, I like him a lot. He was. Oh, he's a delight. I got no issues, except for his age. All right, Anne. Well, this was a good one to start the new year out. It was. Yeah. What's the transfer? Who's transforming? Well, there's the there's the transformation that she that share orchestrates for Ty that she's taking her from this like from frumpy girl to a more popular girl he's given her some some self-esteem and self-worth 
maybe a little bit. Yes. Although it really, in the end, I think the message was be yourself, be yourself with better hair. Yeah. Paul Rudd's character was transformed into maybe a legal activity. <laughs> I think it's funny that they're all trying to be lawyers. I'm like, you're going to need one, buddy. You keep showing up to those high school parties. And Cher's transformation is from, you know, caring only about superficial things to, again, using her her innate uh, desire to do good for people, but to actually funnel that into something that would be doing good for some people because she, at the end, you know, winds up doing that whole charity thing. And then yeah. she goes to Travis's skate meet and she sees that, you know, he's much more than she thought he was. Like, she definitely undergoes a transformation as well. Some might call it a maturity. And that was, oh, I liked, I also liked all the, you know, this was before they all had cell phones, but they were literally just phones. I mean, they looked, they were ginormous. Yeah. And like, you know, they had the maps out. Like, I'm like, oh, this is like, oh my God. I did. I, I did get a little nostalgic when it was one point Dion has a Thomas guide. Yeah. And the Thomas guide was something that when I first moved to Los Angeles, like literally the first thing people tell you is you got to go buy a Thomas guide. And it was like this, but by the way, I can't read maps. So it wasn't useful to me, but um, I go, I still don't know where I'm going, but it was like this binder with a ring, a ringed binder map that could, yeah. you know, take you anywhere in the city. Thomas yeah. guides. Oh, oh, Thomas guides. I did like all those things that they didn't have the cell phones. Like they had to. You had to figure it out. And like when she gets robbed and, and you have and the she has to go to the pay phone. She to go to the pay phone. But what do you do with this? In this day and age, there aren't even pay phones anymore. No, they're all gone. Crazy. How how times have changed. Yeah. Oh, it made me a little, a little nostalgic. And it made me go, I wish I was rich and lived in Beverly Hills. And you know what? I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the vision board for 23 and put it on the vision board. Oh my God. I will. I will. I'll just my, my, my body.